0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen. All right, today I wanna to talk about integration and embodiment and what the difference is between the two. So I was on um, a mastermind call. I joined a one month um, magnetic mastermind back in November and Betsy Milne was one of the coaches and she had said this statement, integration is not embodiment. And I had just happened to be watching the replay and I like paused it. I wrote it down and, and had to, you know, rewind it and hear it again. And like, oh my gosh, yes, I totally agree. Integration is not embodiment. So let's kind of break down what that means and um, how we can use that wisdom in our own life. So when we think about this during integration, you're still learning your new habits or your new practices, you know, you're going to have setbacks. It's kind of like, you know, we just got a new, brand new puppy you know, she's still learning the lay of the land, you know, like, okay, I have to go potty when I go outside, you know, not inside, um, in my, in my kennel or on the floor. Like that's kind of the, the new integration for her. She's not quite embodied that yet, you know, whereas our older dog, you know, who is three. Yes. He embodies it. Like he knows when and where to go to the bathroom. Like that's just second nature to him, but you know, um, Nala, our puppy is still learning it. She's still integrating it. And so when we look at embodiment, that's when you can truly walk your talk. It's your new operating system. You know, you've practiced these habits and they're just second nature to you. And you maybe forget that there's even another way to operate. Um, So for a personal example, I totally have those practices for me that I've just are totally embodied. You know, I've been doing them for years that I, I forget. I'm like, oh yeah, people still don't know about this or don't think about doing things this way just because it is something that just is second nature to me. Like I forget to talk about early lighter dinners because I used to, you know, five, six years ago when it was kind of brand new to me, but now I've been doing it for so long. I'm like, oh yeah, people still, this is a new concept for a lot of people, you know, to eat just soup for dinner and have it, you know, we usually eat by five, me and my son, my husband works at night, so he's gone. And so we have early lighter dinners pretty much every night. And that's just something like I'm in the kitchen at like 4:30 deciding what we're having or I probably already have decided it, but I'm starting to cook it. And um, you know, again, that's something I truly embody. But on the flip side, something that I'm integrating in my life right now is Reiki. You know, I went to a Reiki level 1 course in um November, and it's something that is not I'm not embodied by that by any means. Um level 1 is just learning how to do it to yourself, and it's something that I'll do when I remember. You know, it's, I have my morning routine, um, and I, I, my yoga asana, my meditation, my pranayama, um, that is something that I, you know, that's second nature to me. I'm, I embody that. Like I've been doing that for many years now. And, um, I forget to add on the Reiki just because it's something new, you know, it's something that I'm still integrating into my lifestyle and that's not nothing. There's nothing good or bad about it. It's just where I'm at with that practice. And so when we start to think about that in our own lives of like, Oh, okay, you know, I want to embody that, you know, for myself. Yeah. I do want to embody Reiki. um, But I do have to integrate it more. You know, I do have to make the space for that. So I can make sure um, I can fully embody it in the way that I see fit for myself. Um, Another example for myself, like winter, I started embracing winter, uh, you know, well, really all of my life, but it kind of got away from it as most of us do when we, you know, after college, you know, cause you're off of that school rhythm. And so I would just stay indoors. Well, 2017 came and, um, that was my year. I started to say, you know what, I'm going outside every single day in the winter. And nowadays, again, this to me is second nature. I go outside probably more in the winter than I do other seasons. I mean, I'm outside for longer in the summer months. Um, but I don't make it a conscious effort to make sure I get outside in the summer. Um, Whereas in the winter, I it's a, it's a, not even a conscious effort anymore. It's just something I do, you know, I'm like, okay, at some point in my day, I'm getting outside. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to stand in our yard. If it's really, really cold. Um, I'm going to go cross country skiing. It's something I love to do. And that's something that I've embodied through the years with practice. And so maybe you have something like that where you're like, oh yeah, I really would like to embrace that winter season. You know, how can I start integrating it now? So it becomes something that I can embody. Um, And I'm a big fan of all of these things changing with the seasons. You know, that's one of the reasons I chose the seasonal living mamas as my Instagram handle, because I love to live seasonally. And I think our habits and what we practice should change seasonally. I think when we get in our rut um, is when we just do the same thing day in, day out, every single day for 365 days. Uh, It's just not, it's not the flow. You know, right now it's winter. Yesterday I needed a chill day. Like I was just, I was tired. You know, we're approaching, well, as this airs, it is the winter solstice, which is my favorite holiday. But I can feel that like stillness, that go inwards feeling that time for some quietness and silence and reading a good book and turning on our fireplace and coziness. That's what I feel right now. And there are going to be days where you feel that too. And instead of pushing against that friction that you might feel and saying, oh, but you know what? I should be doing some sort of work or I have something to do. Um, but then you kind of ask yourself, do I really have to do it today? Or can I, you know, can I do it tomorrow? And there are going to be times where you have to do it. There are going to be other times you're like, yeah, I can just take a little rest today. It doesn't have to be a push day. And honoring that own inner, inner wisdom that we have. Um, and so that's something that I would, I would ask for you as well is when you're thinking about what you want to integrate during this winter season so you can embody it maybe even by next year, by next winter, you know, what would that be? So another thing that um you know I'm focusing on and this is a seasonal practice for me is Yoga Nidra. I primarily only do that in the evenings um or late afternoons, but that's a practice that I do usually winter seasons, you know, once it's spring and once it's summer. Don't feel cold to do it as often. Um, You know, maybe it's once or twice a month and that's about it. Whereas in the winter, I'm like, yeah, I could do this every single day as a kind of a reset because it is that quiet and that inward feeling. And so I want you to think about that as well as just noticing, okay, is this just going to be a seasonal thing or is this going to be a year long thing? My morning practice, that's a year long thing. What I'm doing inside my morning practice changes though seasonally potentially. So I usually always start my my uh, morning again with that yoga asana. So I'm doing my yoga poses and practice. And then I will do some sort of pranayama and meditation. Those are gonna all change what I'm actually doing. So um, I'm always gonna get on my mat and then what I'm actually gonna do though on my mat might change with the seasons. It does not change daily for myself anymore. Um, I have discovered that really does tip off my vata dosha. You know, I I had been advised that that would, if I changed it every month, like I was previously doing, and I've stuck with the same practice, you know, for five or six months now, and I'm loving it. I will switch it though. Um, my plan is to reevaluate it. When I get back, we're going on a trip to Florida the first week of January. And so once I get back from that trip, I am going to reset and do, um, a little bit different practice just to embody the winter season. Um, so I'm going to have a little bit more, Um, faster paced asana because winter is a great time to kind of pick up the pace for some of those practices, some of the workouts and exercise practices or your yoga practice. So where can you kind of make those little tweaks that keep you excited to get back on your yoga mat, for example, or to get back on your meditation cushion, you know, those tweaks will help invite you to like, want to keep going but they also, you don't want to tweak them so often where, where again, you're going to, you're going to upset that Vata dosha and you're going to feel more scattered and ungrounded and out of sorts. We don't want that, but we do want to, um, you know, switch them up enough so we don't get bored and just stop doing the practices altogether. And I find that seasonal shift is a perfect time to examine those things. So here's some other questions that maybe you can think about, um, that go deep because the winter season, it's all about, you know, finding that deeper relationship with yourself. And it's a time to do some introspective work. So maybe you want to embody a more intentional lifestyle. So I would write that on a paper and then write what that means to you. So being more intentional, what does that mean? What practices could you implement? And then maybe another column could be a deeper connection with yourself. Well, how are you going to do that? You know, what practices would help you find that deeper connection with yourself? Maybe you would just want to have a more mindful movement practice. Maybe your current workout routine is not working and you want to find something that actually excites you to do every day and just brainstorm a few things. Like you don't, maybe you don't know what it is yet. So maybe underneath that more mindful movement column, you write, try bar class, try dance class. Try the class by Taryn Toomey, (laughs) try, um, weightlifting. If you haven't tried that, maybe you want to try running, you know, write down all of the things that are just kind of percolating in your mind and then try them, try them on, you know, try them on for a week and just see how it feels in your body. And you're going to know which ones land and which ones aren't feeling good. Same thing with meditation. Maybe you just kind of look up a few different meditations that might be enticing to you to incorporate journaling. Maybe you want to get back into journaling when are you going to make time for that? What, what time of your day are you going to add that into it? Or maybe it's just weekly where you, you know, really go deep with yourself in your journal. And then finally, maybe it's understanding how to listen to your body. I mean, this is something that I, I mean, it's what I, it's what I preach is what I practice, but this is something that I feel so, especially now, um, I'm just going to hop on the soapbox just for a second, because this is something that I feel very passionate about is understanding how to listen to your body. And we're at this time of the season where, um, you know, we're going to be before we know what the holidays are going to be over. I mean, we're already, again, we're at the winter solstice today as if you're listening to it in the day it airs. Um, but what happens is then we have the new year marketing and that just really upsets me <laughs> to no end, um, is just like the new year, new you. And, um, we, f- we think we have to buy into some program that we've maybe tried in the past and it didn't work or we hated it, but, we think we should, because it's January and everyone says, that's a great time to start a workout program, but is it for you? You know, I, I, I'm actually going to, again, as I said earlier, I'm going to be on vacation that first week in January. And then a few clients say, oh, it's funny, you're in the wellness space. You're going to take off the first week of January. And a lot of my clients I've worked with for, you know, some of them for 10 years. And I had said, you know, I, I know that you, a, you can do this without me for a week. You're going to be fine. And B all of my clients, we don't, you know live or die by one week here you know it's a 52 week year i see most of my clients once twice or even three times a week and so for them like this is just one week out of 52 in the year and so that's what we have to think about too before you kind of jump into something that maybe really isn't a good fit but we feel like we should or we get pressured to by the marketing um you know to do whole 30 or to do some other diet that really we don't want to do it doesn't feel good um, instead of just saying, you know, how can I listen to my body? Ooh, yeah, maybe I did have a lot of sugar and I'm feeling just a little, ugh, maybe low energy, or I'm having some, um, you know, dips at three o'clock and I just feel so tired because I have had a lot of sweets that I don't normally have. Um, instead of just doing a whole big program, maybe I'm just going to have a couple days of just no sugar, no sweets, no cookies and just see how I feel. And you know what? Usually you feel better after a couple days can take a week. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't need to do this whole, this whole 30 or this, um, you know, 12 week, what was one that I saw like fat loss plan. Um, and it was some gym, you know, it was guaranteeing losing 20 pounds. And again, I think we overstretch ourselves when we start to get outside of our own body and we start to get into our head about things. And we don't trust what our body is actually saying that we need, um, because we think that someone else knows, knows the answer more so than we do. Now, I will also tell you this. That is a thing that, that is a muscle that does take some work and it takes some strength to build up. Hence why they, that, that's why I teach to most of my clients. Um, you know, some of them already have it intuitively and I just help reassure, yep, listen to your gut. What, it, what is your body telling you? Um, but it is something that I've had many people, they don't trust themselves. You know, we don't trust ourselves anymore because of that marketing. Um, and that's kind of what, and I will just share it briefly here. That's what my seasonal living collective is going to be about. Um, so I do have a program coming out, but it doesn't start until January 31st. Um, and it's going to be about trusting yourself again and how to listen to your body. Um, and I work well with people who tend to overthink things. So I have a lot of people, even during sessions, you know, if you're someone at yoga and, um, you know, they say, close your eyes and you kind of keep peeking your eyes open. And then you shut them and then you peek them open and you just have trouble shutting down the brain. It just keeps kind of spiraling and going. You have stories you want to tell yourself instead of just saying, okay, let me just stay here. Let me just sit in my body. You want to run because it feels uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable in that silence. You know, you'd rather do two more minutes of burpees than sit in a five minute meditation. That's primarily who this program is for. You know, it's for the people who, have lost that trust, but want it. They want it so, so desperately and and they need it, you know, so they can stay more connected and more grounded in, in your daily life as well. Because what happens if we can start doing this, you know, in wellness practices, it does, you know, spill over into your daily life. I've had many people tell me, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe how present I can be with my kids now. Like I'm not snapping for no reason, or I'm not rushing them out the door because I have some arbitrary deadline in my mind that I need to, to get to and get back. And so these are things that I really, um, am hoping to see people open their eyes to and be transformed to, and that the fitness industry, In my opinion, it has been doing things wrong in the past, and it has been coming from kind of that dogmatic viewpoint. And so the seasonal living collective is basically spinning that on its head and introducing you to Ayurveda in a friendly format where you can say, yeah, I see the world differently. Like I do notice when I'm in balance and I do notice what foods I need. I don't have to rely on a diet. I can actually ask my body, you know what, I'm feeling really dry right now, instead of having... Um, raw vegetables. And instead of having that salad tonight, I'm going to have a bowl of soup. That's going to help, um, combat that dryness in my body. That's going to help ground me because when I ate that piece of chocolate and had a cup of coffee, I noticed I was really jittery and I was out of my body. I need to ground back in. What are some foods that could help ground me? What are practices that could help ground me? You know, and that's, that's where I really want to focus on is, you know, having you start to understand, um, yeah, I can be my own self healer and that's what Ayurveda at its core is all about. And so that's what my, my goal is with the seasonal living collective. So if you're interested, um, it's going to be a group program and it's going to have a one-on-one component. So we're going to have a, at least one, one-on-one call every month, and then we're going to see each other weekly. And so that way I have found. For accountability purposes, for building community, because that's something else that I've been hearing people want is community. And I know I do too. And who knows with the state of the world what that's going to look like if people are going to be able to gather in person again. But virtually, I am here holding some space. And I have done new moon circles virtually. I have did a one day retreat last year virtually, and I held that. And it, it's a beautiful thing. You know, I, I've learned how to navigate Zoom and um, I think a lot of us have and how to make that a special place, you know, where people can build that community and come together. So if you're interested in that, um, there will be, uh, there will be limited spots just because of the one-on-one component. Um, but again, so take a look at it. If you're interested, andreaclausen.com it can also be found in the show notes. Um, and it's the seasonal living collective. So again, we start January 31st. I just wanted to throw that out there and just kind of, um, put that in your ears in case that's something that you're thinking about. You know what? That sounds like an awesome program for me versus jumping into something that hasn't worked in the past. All right. So thank you all so much. And I hope you have a wonderful winter solstice and holiday season. And then, uh, I will just do a caveat for next week's podcast episode with the interview. It's not going to be for everyone. It's for the pre-postpartum phase. It's an interview with one of my great friends, um, Robin and Robin Kaplan comes on and she talks about, um, pre-postpartum stage of life. So that one is going to be coming out next week, but I will be back with you in the new year talking about liver health. All right. So everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.